1: The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018, is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant. NGW and an NWA World Title defense by Nick Aldis taped for ten pounds of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchermania, myself, and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England, on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com.
2: Support Wrestle Talk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined By Luke
1: Owen. Hello, Swapped Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. Back to back tapings. We've just recorded two episodes of The Wrestle Ramble. You're about to hear the second one of those episodes we recorded. How are you feeling after a double taping?
2: I'm good, I'm good. And now we've got, you know, the three hours of WrestleMania 25 fun to do as well. Oh, I
1: know, because we've got a lot of stuff to oh, catch up on there. Our so ears are going to be sore oh. in these headf- headsets. We need to take a quick break, because we need to go and like have some lunch and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, I'll tell you what, let's get on with the show.
2: And this comes from a Patreon mailbag question from Jared Conaster who asks, who do you want to see called up from NXT after WrestleMania? We're in that season. Yes.
1: After, we're probably going to see some on the Raw after Mania. We're going to see some on the SmackDown after Mania. And then maybe we'll even see some when the, uh, the
2: superstar shakeup comes. I really (laughs) hope they don't use that because I feel like everyone just, WWE are really good uh, coming up with a bit of verbiage and then everyone makes fun of it for a few months, like that sounds stupid, but then they say it so much, everyone else just uses it as normal. The superstar shakeup is abhorrent <laughs> as a term, and I, I, it's only something I've remembered how much I hate that term recently. You are very a angry draft. about it. <laughs> it's called a draft. Let's
1: be grown ups. Not a draft anymore. Vince McMahon has changed his mind on these things, they don't do drafts anymore. So
2: I heard, I read somewhere. That uh, the reason it was called a superstar shake-up rather than a draft is because it wasn't a full year after, and at that time they were they were toying with having two superstar shake-ups a year rather than one draft a year, so that's why they called it a shake-up because it was only a few trades rather than a full-on thing, uh, so. I'm hoping it's going to go back to being called a draft well, this year. If they
1: are going to do it as a draft, I want them to do it like a proper draft mm. where you have your general managers and your commissioners, not that you need both of them, but them standing out there saying, like, we have picked this person. Yeah. Like, we have agreed to draft this person across rather than just being like, and
2: bloody blah is moving to Raw. Like, just yeah. and just randomly announcing it. And it's, it's such like, it's such a good, well, not a good concept, but it is certainly a concept. And they just they just do it. They just but that's a concept that you could get weeks of TV uh, storyline out of. You know, uh, maybe you've got a few matches, interbrand matches to decide who gets the first oh, but bit. But then what about Survivor Series? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like you, you could you could actually build this up. I, it's it's baffling to me why they don't put more investment around the idea. Are you just asking them to do it better? I'm just asking them to do it better, yeah. (laughs) It's it's an open goal situation. It's it's such an open goal situation. I don't know how they they muck it up.
1: But back to the point Mm. at hand, the question is who are our NXT call-ups post-mania? So... I think my first two, if I was drafting,
2: how many are you gonna do?
1: Well, I don't know because I, gonna I yeah, just gonna, like, just gonna just improv this. Like I, I don't write down notes like you do. Um, although I've just seen you've got uh, two of the names I had down mm. there, which is Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Ah, okay. Because I really feel that this what WWE need to do this year is bolster their women's division. They need to add more and more names to it, so we don't get to the Royal Rumble next year and it be like, oh, actually. Fifth, uh, 25% half of our Royal Rumble here mm. over half our Royal Rumble is nostalgic entrance you need to have like a stacked roster so that you can do multiple feuds you can do this you can do that and you can have a full Royal Rumble come January 2019 so I think Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are ready they haven't done anything in NXT for ages Yeah, I thought it almost seemed to make sense that they were going to be the first people that Ember Moon would feud with once she won the NXT Championship last summer, but lo and behold, they weren't. And I I just think its they're so good, and they've got such a good act and such a good look. I think that they are almost tailor-made to be heading straight to the main roster now.
2: I agree, yeah, that it's all about their act, and the the storylines you can do with them. Like They're just such best friends, and they will lay down for each other in matches so they could become the champions together. That will really, that they will be the, of of all the people, of all the women down in NXT, uh, there'd be the best injection storyline wise, I think. They're both great promos as well. Plus, and this is, this is my thoughts for the whole question. I'm looking at NXT now, and this is the first time in two years back since the, uh, the first draft where, that draft gutted with the brand split, gutted NXT and all the talent. God, didn't pulled, it just, yeah. And then you, then you had about like a good year and a half of... Rebuilding. Rebuilding. And finally now, the last six months have been really very good. And I feel like you've got a proper NXT class now. You know, you've got Adam Cole, you've got uh, Alistair Black, Almas, and it, it just, it feels really deep. And I don't actually want any of them to be called up because it would. They've got a good thing going down there at the moment. Yeah. However, there are a few names who I feel like have nothing left to do in NXT. And I think that's really how you should call people up. Yeah. Apart from Ricochet. <laughs> you <laughs> should from- just go straight to the main roster.
1: Um, another name that I would like to put down before you make a suggestion mm-hmm. is uh, the Velveteen Dream. No, he's not ready.
2: Are uh, You reckon?
1: Yeah. I think Velveteen Dream, particularly on Mania weekends, mm. I think he's going to be so over. At NXT TakeOver New Orleans I think he'll
2: get such a superstar reaction Should he debut on Raw or Smackdown He's only been wrestling in ring For three three or four years But he had that amazing match at, uh, at With t- Aleister Black Well, And the perhaps. second one was with Cassius Ohno Look, I'm not taking much away from Velveteen Dream Because performance wise The guy is phenomenal Like I wouldn't change a thing about his act But wrestling wise uh you know he does botch quite a few moves I um, must... and i just i just think he could do with another year in NXT to really get that through although you know by all accounts NXT wrestlers don't get a great deal of in ring time whereas really yeah yeah if you're a trainee you're not running shows all the time like a uh, raw and smackdown they mostly are the dates the dates are much fewer much fewer yeah yeah and you do most of the dates like the, the TV tapings are all condensed into one, and yeah. then you you run weekends, and not everyone's going to have a match every weekend. So apparently, you know, if you're like the trainee, trainee levels of NXT, only wrestle about twenty matches a year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why the the actual NXT wrestler success rate isn't amazing. Mm. That the NXT project is is really just sort of taking good guys from elsewhere and conditioning to them to the WWE style. As far as homegrown stuff. Actually, very little. Whereas the New Japan dojo uh, formula, where you go in and you are wrestling matches over and over again in front of live crowds from, you know, like a fortnight into your training, and it's just about getting those reps in all on the basics, Mm. they have a ridiculously high success rate. They have small classes and very High proportion of people who make it through. Whereas, That's interesting. Whereas NXT are, are much wider, and you know, I mean, who who's who's NXT made really that had didn't have a prior name elsewhere? Yeah, I was just trying Enzo to think of Cass. that. Enzo and Cass, yeah, Bruce a bit maybe, Tyler Breeze maybe. Well, he was already a Lance Storm guy, I suppose. So he, yeah, he learnt much of that there. Although yeah. his character was very well defined in NXT.
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a name that you've also got which is the Authors of Pain. Yeah, and Authors of Pain. Uh, you've made an excellent point in which is putting them on Raw so you keep them away from the Bludgeon Brothers. I was also going to suggest, I'd imagine post-WrestleMania we're going to see the debuts of War Machine in mm. NXT as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. So you don't really need like that big man team in NXT now
2: because you're going to have Hanson and Rowe doing that instead. Yeah, definitely. Plus, what, what have the authors of Pain got left to do? Yeah. I feel like they've uh, they've done everything they can. Uh, the, all the, the storylines... I completely agree. Are done. But yeah, the... Uh, it's. It, I've only put the iconic duo really as the as the only women I would call up because Kyrie Sane, Kyrie Sh- S- Shayna Baszler is you know needs yep. a lot more time in NXT. Uh, Ember Moon, I feel like she you know deserves a good run with the belt or yep. at least fighting for it down there. I think
1: she could be a good face of that division mm. as well. That can I think she can really build herself up with another year down in the in NXT.
2: But I would bring up Nikki Cross as part of Sanity mm-hmm. because I, I similarly I don't. Feel like Sanity have run their course as well on NXT. Yeah,
1: I would say that they've pretty much done everything they can mm-hmm. do. And it's really interesting with, um, with with the women of NXT just taking a quick step backwards because you've got people like uh, Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, taking a step forward back to the Sanity thing, you've got a new group coming, in, haven't you? What they call it, like, the Sons of Fury ah, or something. I
2: keep like that? wanting to say Sons of Anarchy.
1: Yeah, Anarchic Sons. I don't know. Well, get everyone will tell us in everyone the comments. Everyone keeps telling me. Everyone tells is. us in the comments. We just we do forget. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's not we're, we're idiots. But, um, yeah, you've got another group coming in, so do you need Sanity there mm. when you've got a group that might be doing sort of the same thing? So, actually, moving Sanity up to the main roster might be a really good shout.
2: Any others? That's all I've got. In my um, no- yeah, in I'm trying my try to think if there's notes. anyone...
1: like, Especially from that uh, the North American Championship match, that's kind of where I was looking at uh, for people. And actually, if... if um, Alistair Black is winning the NXT Championship. love to see Almas go up to the main roster mm. with um, Zelina Vega because they're a really good act. They'll get split up right away. Well, obviously, yeah. Um, but also, and I, I'd really like to have seen, without uh, before this stipulation was introduced, I thought we might see a Johnny Gargano uh, mm. call-up. But now the stipulation is that if Gargano wins, he's reinstated into NXT. So it would be really weird to win a match where you're reinstated into NXT and then move up to the main roster a couple of nights later. So as much as I'd really like to see Johnny Wrestling and Champa move their way up, because they're so good, Champa in particular, like what a comeback that yeah. man has had. He's just he's a true heel, and it's so great. But um, he's so good he doesn't even want his t-shirt sold on WWE.com. Old fashioned heel, old fashioned heel. Uh, so as much as I'd love to see them on the main roster, maybe they just need they need to stay in NXT for a little bit.
2: Did you ever listen to? Sorry, that was a good sign off. It was fine. Section. Yeah. You and I are very good at knowing
1: <laughs> when we're ending
2: segments. But did did you ever uh, listen to Champa's Art of Wrestling podcast with Colt Cabana? No, I think you've asked me about this before. Uh, yeah, it's very very interesting. Went through some dark times. Mm. And talks very openly about how he tried to kill himself. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's dark. Uh, but yeah, sorry, that was a bad sign off. Oh man, we're ending on a bummer let's, now. <laughs> let's go into the next question. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages
1: this podcast is brought to you in part by patreon for just five dollars a month you'll get access to the wrestle ramble extra a monthly podcast where ollie and i review shows from wrestling's past if you pledge now you'll get our back catalogue of episodes including Money in the Bank 2011, Armageddon 2000, Wrestle Kingdom 10 and No Way Out 2004 and many others, as well as this month's episode which will be Wrestlemania 25. And $10 plus backers will become part of The Ramble Club, our new show where we talk about wrestling from around the world, including reviews of The Golden Lovers vs Cody and Marty Skrull, Austin Aries versus Eli Drake and many many more. All that and so much extra, so head over to Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information.
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side?
2: Isaiah Webb asks on Patreon again. Of course, if you want to send any questions into the Wrestle Ramble, you have to be a Patreon Pledger, But at any level, you know, from one dollar to to three hundred thousand. So go over there and see. I not We haven't got a three hundred thousand dollar reward. No, our highest is. What would it look like? Uh, well, I mean, considering that the, the
1: five hundred dollar level is, you get to suggest mm. um, taste pending um, a Wrestle sketch scenario. What would you do at three hundred thousand? Would fly you to WrestleMania? Yeah. I mean
2: technically you've already pay for that. Well I would I would just leave <laughs> I just you were not hear from me again, Patreon or, or whatever. Oh, so well, as- leave, leave me to do everything. Isaiah as- 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 Webb asks, the young Bucks have had a great amount of success, winning championships in almost every company they've worked for, while also making money with six-figure contracts and getting endorsement deals without being associated with the WWE. However, they are often criticized and described as overrated, unoriginal spot monkeys who rely on the use of excessive super kicks and high dive spots to get their Matches over. I think it's a bit hypocritical to hate them for working like that when people like Johnny Gargano, Flip Gordon, Kalisto, Adam Cole, Ricochet, Will Osprey, Marty Skull, Kevin Owens, Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, Sammy Callahan, Neville, Phoenix, Tommaso Champa, Sami Zayn have worked the same crazy spot fest style matches in PWG and on the independents. What are your opinions on this, Luke and Dolly? I, perhaps this is just me. But I think the era of saying that
1: the young bucks are overrated spot monkeys who just do throw super kicks is sort of in the past mm-hmm. now. I really feel that we've we've really moved on from this. If this question, you know, if, if someone had asked me this a, a year and a half ago, maybe you'd be like, oh yeah, well some people think that, but I tend to disagree because I think there's X, Y, and Z. But now I think that the the, the bucks have really moved past this, and I think they are now just they've just established themselves as like one of, if not the greatest tag team on the planet who can have really great psychological matches, they're excellent Mac technicians uh, Matt Jackson technicians, and they can do those sorts of matches. They don't rely on just doing big dives mm. or making loud noises or doing or just you know lots of claps and
2: things like that. They are now excellent pro wrestlers. Yeah, I agree. like you can't keep up with their if like anyone who still says that now isn't watching them yeah. because the Strong She's Style Evolved corner. main event, the Wrestle Kingdom uh, 12 match, all their stuff in Ring of Honor last year and New Japan. Like, they're, they're, they're uh, what, Shou and Yo you. and Yo, yeah. Like, the... Roppongi 3K, they, so good. They are really good storytellers in the ring. This Bullet Club stuff with, with Kenny Omega and when they... Uh, apparently, I haven't watched it all yet, but the, the, there's, there's a spot from Strong Style Evolved where Matt Jackson is in the one-winged angel. Have you heard about this? not, no. Oh, no. uh, yeah. So And Kenny Omega is selling this with his face, like, I don't want to give you the one-winged angel. But, and so he starts to put his his arm down while he's got Matt Jackson up there, and Matt grabs Kenny's arm and puts it over oh, his head. Oh, lovely. And then Kenny delivers it. And it's just like, so that's that's not just, that not only are they great professional wrestlers, in terms of getting the crowd invested, because you can say, oh, they do all these spots, yada, yada, yada. But, the, like, it's getting a reaction. Well, yeah, I was going to say that Dave Meltzer made this point because
1: he was on a, a podcast with Jim, it was on Jim Cornette's podcast, having mm. this very discussion because Jim Cornette doesn't like Kenny Omega and he doesn't like the Young Bucks because they do X, Y, and Z. And Dave Meltzer just kept saying, it was like, well, I've been in the buildings when they do this stuff and it really gets over and the crowd pop for when they do this sort of stuff. So, I mean, if it's getting over, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Like, and that, that's, it's such a simple way of looking at it, but a, a really smart way of saying, is like, yeah, I mean, they do this stuff. They get huge reactions. So clearly, it's what, maybe it's just wrestling style is changing and the way that people watch wrestling is changing. Not only that, but I think the Bucks are just, the way that they craft their storylines mm-hmm. with the use of being the elite, and the fact that they've kind of built this brand all on their own. No other wrestler has managed to, to do this. Like, you say Colt Cabana... Colt Cabana a, a, with, with, was the trailblazer. Yeah, was the trailblazer for that, with, certainly with podcasts. And Zack Ryder with um, mm. the Z True Long Island Story. But he was sort of held down by the machine. The Young Bucks haven't got that machine that's to their home down. They've managed to just grow this now. They're doing just so well for themselves. Mm. Like, I, I, I give them a lot of credit. I think they're a really, really
2: great and smart team. Yeah, and and the, they deliver in the emotion of the matches, oh, which to me is, yeah. is the most important thing. Yeah. But they, like that's not to say... That that criticism wasn't once valid. Mm-hmm. Like I, as much as I love them, I wouldn't defend them to the ends of the earth because I don't. Sometimes I, the stuff they do isn't to my taste, like the Kenny Omega stuff sometimes, or my, like I. You, you will not find a bigger Marty Skull fan than I. But sometimes when he, the, the, sometimes seem, when he mm-hmm. cheats too goofily. And I'm just like, oh, I wish you didn't do that in this match. I so. think I might know
1: someone who's a bigger Mighty Scale fan <gasps> than you. Who?
2: Oh. Uh, Patreon back
1: of oh, Courtney Summers. Courtney Summers. Yeah, Courtney loves, Summers. You <laughs> <loves laughs> might be Marty a bigger Scales. fan than Mighty Scale uh, fan uh, than you are. But um, it's, it's interesting as well because he there's two names in here that he, in his big long list of people mm. that people praise but then often criticise the Bucks. And it's a match that always brings this, this conversation up with me. It's Ricochet and Will Ospreay that yeah. match that they had there was a huge portion of the wrestling community that was just like one of the best matches of all time it was just so good so inventive destiny other but then there was this other half that were just like it looks like ballet,
2: mm.
1: and you know, it, and it looks far too choreographed, and that's not professional wrestling. So I, I don't think that there is a right. There's no right or wrong answer no, in this. No. But for my personal thing, I think that the young bucks have really moved past this. They're just spot monkeys. Yeah. yeah. Um, criticism.
2: Yeah, it's it's a nice way to put it. There, like, what is professional yeah. wrestling? That it means so many different things to so many different people. You can't really. Yeah, I, I like I'm not gonna say oh you don't if you don't like the young bucks you don't know what professional wrestling is because I think Jim Cornette knows what professional wrestling is. I, re- I respect the man tremendously. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you know he's just incredible. Although he has fallen out of favor from from a large group of people because he says things like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know like if he's, he's an excellent booker. Yep. Uh, and Ring of Honor. Just go back and watch Ring of Honor 2010, 2011 when he had the book. Great stuff. Uh, ben Dowling asks Will Luke and Dolly be attending the Raw and Smackdown TV shows When they come to England in May I think so I mean we haven't got plans know. We
1: haven't got plans to go know. yet um, I, um, We were invited last time mm. I don't know if we're going to be invited again Because I, we got invited and then trashed the shows Yeah <laughs> yeah
2: Well I don't enjoy the TV
1: broadcasts No uh, Well they're doing the TV in London I thought they were doing a TV in Manchester this time Oh I don't know
2: and we're So maybe house if shows. it's a house show yeah. I don't know I don't know Uh, Lendal Branson writes Hello guys Now that Mark Henry Has been inducted Into the WWE Hall of Fame Well Pending uh, Although it is going to happen That's not like They're going to swerve Or he might If he comes out in the pink jacket. Don't you think Christian deserves to get in as well? I mean, not as the headliner, of course, but just as a regular inductee. I'm a big Henry fan, but in my opinion, Christian was just as good on the mic, especially as a heel. He's a better in-ring performer and has had more success as well. As good as Henry's feud with The Big Show in 2011 was, Christian's feud with Randy Orton that year was even better. Oh man!
1: That's, the, I mean, that's a big claim because mm, they are both excellent feuds, but they
2: are th- in different ways. Like Henry's yeah. character was better, but the Christian Randy Orton series of matches, so, in ring yeah, matches, so great. far exceeded. I mean, that was, that was one of the best feuds of the year. Yeah, uh, he surely deserves it more than some of the names that are in the Hall of Fame already. Would like to know what you guys think in your opinions. Does Christian deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, it's not a real Hall of Fame, so it doesn't really matter if Christian
1: never goes in. It's like, I, I don't understand why people would be upset that Mark Henry is going in, because it's it's not a real Hall of Fame. It doesn't really matter. Um, having said that, like, eventually Christian is going to have to go in, because you, they only have a certain pool of names that they can dip into. So he's going to be inducted at some point. But I, I'd imagine from a WWE sort of thing they don't see Christian the way that the wrestling community sees Christian. He wasn't this great in-ring performer and this great promo and all this sort of stuff. He was the guy that Vince wanted to put a blue dot over because he just thinks he looks weird and was very happy to let him go to TNA. And when he came back from TNA, they were just like, oh yeah, okay, well, cool, Christian, that little mid-carder is back. So it's kind of like the Jeff Jarrett thing. Like When Jeff Jarrett is being inducted into this Hall of Fame, it's just for... Hey, he was that intercontinental champion thing that sang With My Baby Tonight. He wasn't a champion in WCW. Mm. He wasn't the founder of TNA. He wasn't an NWA World's champion. He wasn't all this sort of stuff. He was that guy that rode a horse once to a ring while um, uh, was being flanked by Southern Justice with 80 grade. Like, that's the Jeff Jarrett that's being inducted. So it's a way that WWE perceive him, I suppose. Mm.
2: It's Yeah, he'll definitely go in but it's uh and I'm sure to the people who do, do go in it's really nice yeah. you're recognized by your peers you get to you know have a nice crowning moment to your or like a, a sort of uh, end note to your epi- an epilogue to your career and I'd imagine probably quite a nice dinner yeah but um at the end of the day it's 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 all on the merits of who Vince McMahon likes that year or yeah. who he, he who he wants to put in there's no criteria for the hall of fame like the Rafa respectable ones <laughs> where you know like you have you have to have been on top this many times or uh, a huge a uh, ballot poll from loads of reviewers and wrestling minds, like it, or people in the industry and and stuff like that, like the Wrestling Observer has. Uh, so it's like just like Hall of Fame questions, sure. Yeah, well, well, shouldn't you put <laughs> him in? It doesn't matter, like you said, but it does matter to him. It does matter, like, yeah. And and
1: actually, like Lendl brings up a really interesting point there, which is like you know, Big Show and Mark Henry had that amazing feud in 2011, but mm. Christian and Randy Orton had you know arguably a much better feud. Like when I went I wasn't saying that I agree or disagree, I just think there's a strong case for for both of mm. them. But Christian was only in that position because Edge retired. Like if Edge hadn't retired, then Christian wouldn't have been with the narcissus roar of that world title. Mm.
2: A uh, hundred dollar man CD Horver, we're going to get your name right this time, writes, what's your fa- I love this question. This question is so good. What's your favorite law of wrestling physics? Those weird alternate reality axioms that, while have nothing to do with real world physics, we all tactically accept as true within the squared circle. I'll kick it off with one that I call Rotational Power Principle. The idea that adding a rotation to a move exponentially increases its power a la the Discus clothesline, 450 splash or Angelo Dawkins Awful spinning stinger splash. I take offense
1: to that last one because I like Angelo Dawkins' stinger splash. I
2: think I take offense to the whole thing. I think, well, you know, like Luke Harper's. Discus clothesline. Discus looks clothesline looks looks line vicious. is awesome, yeah. as does AJ Styles' uh, spinning uh, elbow yep. that he does as part of his strike combination. And, you know, Marty Skull, before he locks in the chicken wing, he does a twirl. He does a and twelve. That, it's about the rotation that gives you the momentum. I was going to say,
1: he said on commentary it's it's momentum and that's what you need when
2: doing a move when when mariscola was doing that on guest commentary that's because he was calling out i think it was kashida yeah. for doing spins and flips <laughs> why do you why do you even do that why do you even do that it doesn't add anything to the move and then uh, Colt asks him, what well, you spin before the chicken wings well that's for the momentum <laughs> <laughs> he's so good as, as a heel promo sometimes. Oh, so it's great, but you've got some really good ones here well, this is probably the most famous one the Irish whip yes
1: if you the, th- if you yeah. throw someone into the ropes they're not just going to bounce back and run at you again like mm. physics
2: wise that's not how momentum works yeah you get you can just stop <laughs> you yeah. can well from from the moment that someone pushes you into the ropes you know you could stop after one step. Yeah. Just like I'm just not gonna run now. Yeah. Yeah, but you not only take the steps to hit the ropes, you bounce off the ropes and then take the steps back. Because you've been thrown so hard yeah. against those ropes that you just you have to run back. Yeah, and but but it's like it's it's part of the wrestling law. I wouldn't take that away. Yeah. Because it makes stuff so more dynamic.
1: It's it's the same with like I it's not really a sort of a law of wrestling physics, mm. I suppose, but whenever John Cena is um, doing his comeback Everyone always goes to throw a clothesline That he can duck underneath yeah. If you're wrestling John Cena Just don't throw that clothesline yes. Because he will duck it And then he'll suplex you
2: That's just bad scouting though <laughs> On his opponent's <laughs> part Really is uh, The one that I don't actually like though Although The Mist Are you I not in Mist? I, I, I love like mist. the Mist Love that I, I never bought into it I never buy into it really No I think it's cool I think it's a
1: really nice It's a good
2: colourful spot I'm a Well fan it's of just them. like The The referee how can you not see something's gone kind of awry here yeah. i think it makes everyone look stupid <laughs> and you hate that in yes I you genuinely do hate that. i in don't hate wrestling. referees looking to, uh don't like it undermining the referee's authority
1: yeah and i suppose again I, I can't really think of good physics ones i think this is such a good question i really wish i'd mm. given this a bit more thought but we were talking about this on the wrestle ramble extra that we were recording when doing multi-man matches. If you are on the outside of the ring, it is customary for you to just sort of punch the person that you're next to yeah. while standing there waiting for someone else to do a dive like you wouldn't you don't do that elsewhere Looking around up, yeah. yeah you don't do that elsewhere around the ring, but at other times but only in those scenarios are you meant to go like hey, you and me mate, have a little bit of a Punch up some very weak looking punches here While we wait and look
2: up You've unlocked another one for me So Wrestlemania 25 the Money in the Bank match Which we watched recently for the WrestleRamble Extra podcast that will be up soon Of course donate to Patreon to get that uh, There's a spot, a very dangerous spot Where Shelton Benjamin does a senton On six other people in the Money in the Bank match Off a huge ladder on the outside oh, I know exactly what's going <laughs> And everyone's doing the thing that you just said Where yeah. they're sort of punching each other But looking up ready to catch him and he dives down, they barely catch him, he sort of headbutts the floor, but Kane (laughs) is to the left of all this, no one touches him, like, Sheldon Benjamin lands on everyone, but even the the closest person catching Benjamin to Kane, who falls over, is still a good foot away from Kane, but he still falls over.
1: Yeah, well, it was the explosion of Shelton Benjamin hitting the ground, the shockwave Woof! And just like, and he took him off his feet and sent him backwards. Then he sells that for three minutes. Well, the the force of it—he jumped Mm, off a big big old ladder. Yeah,
2: I I can buy into it. Uh, There's also a uh, Joe Rogan recent, like two weeks ago, I think he had a big wrestling fan on, and uh, Joe Rogan appreciates wrestlers, but he doesn't uh, really like wrestling. He doesn't get it, Uh, but he's of course he's the color commentator for UFC, and they went through a lot of wrestling submissions and joe rogan would you know say because he's very versed in jiu-jitsu and stuff he would say if those would be authentic submissions in the real world Mm. and the figure four he said well it's you know it's good but reversing it like that wouldn't then automatically put. (laughs) it reverses the pressure though like
1: (laughs) jim ross has told me that time and time again you reverse the pressure when you do that yeah
2: uh so that was the only other one ben sawyer in a very timely question. Does WWE overuse multi-man match formats, i.e. triple threats, four ways, five ways, etc. In particular championship matches at pay-per-views, Uh, always end up feeling like WWE just throws an entire roster division into the ring at the last minute for the sake of having lots of names on the show card. The crowded Fastlane main event was an extreme example of this, even spawning internet memes. But now there's the US and SmackDown Tag Championships at Mania. Don't get me wrong, I'm excited to see Rusev get a title shot and that six-man tag sounds epic but i can't shake the feeling that it's creatively lazy i think he
1: means the triple threat tag team match as opposed
2: to the six man yeah, tag. yeah, yeah.
1: um i do agree but this is one of those issues where wwe have got almost too many people on the roster mm. they've got too many big names and because of the wrestlemania payday and because of pay-per-view payday everyone has to be on the card. You, like, you almost you almost feel like you have to get people on the card so you, they can get that payday it's, it's why the battle royal exists Because not everyone gets to be on the card, but with the Battle Royal, everyone does get to be on the card. Previously, before the Battle Royal, everyone was a lumberjack. Mm. Just because then you're on the card and you get the WrestleMania payday. Um, So I do think that the multi-man match format gets overused far too much. But, I mean, we said this at the time when we reviewed Fastlane. It's difficult to have six men in the ring of that caliber and not have fun watching it. And I do usually have fun when I watch the multi-man matches.
2: Yeah, like there was a five-way at Extreme Rules. The six-way at Extreme Rules. Was it a six-way?
1: And it was the five-way was on the SmackDown before it. Oh no, but without
2: John Cena, I'm talking about last year. Oh, last year. I thought you said yeah. Fastlane. Five-year at uh, the Extreme Rules last year. Yes, yeah. you are completely 100 uh, percent right. And the SummerSlam four-way. Yeah, that was also great. So like those matches can work, but WWE have definitely overused them in the last four or five months. And it's it's not just creatively lazy in terms of let's just chuck everyone in this match. It's also it's also a booking crutch where you don't have to really beat anyone. Mm -hmm. You can you know you can pen Dolph Ziggler and not have it affect other people in the match. So which you would have to find a creative way around that if it was just one-on-one, which is really, like, those are the best matches from a story standpoint. It's much more substantial to put your teeth into. I hope my facial expression showed how... uh, how much I dislike the mentality of get everyone on WrestleMania for a payday. Oh,
1: I mean, don't, you don't
2: even have to tell me, mate. I absolutely, because, I, completely understand, I completely agree. Because I don't, as a fan, call me selfish, or, you know, as someone who would buy tickets to see something, no other industries like this. You know, they don't say... A, if it's a film, they intentionally cut stuff out that isn't good enough to make the final cut. But uh, in, in wrestling, there's this... This idea, and I I guess it's from, you know, the old days of of the wrestling industry, where you need to get everyone on the card. But as a fan, I would much prefer you invest a lot of time in a bunch of, like, maximum 10 matches, a couple of multi-man matches, but mostly singles matches. And you just have the best wrestlers in the best storylines on that show. You don't put everyone on there because you... You feel like you owe them something You should owe me something Because I am the fan watching it I I get that that makes me sound Disrespectful to the wrestlers And entitled But it is Like, why wouldn't you do that? No, no I know. I'm, I'm not, if I'm not, I'm not I was saying you're rest-
1: wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that the mentality of like, you should do it because that's what I want is, I think is slightly wrong. But, I,
2: I, But we, yeah, but like I, as, I think, as the larger wrestling fan. I think the, the better way to do that, as you were sort of originally saying, is like, mm. you should do this because it just makes a better product. Yes. Well, that's it. That's yeah. it. And, that, and why would you make a better product? <laughs> so more people like it yes. and watch it. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So uh, if I was running a wrestling promotion, I would not try and find a way to get every single performer on the card I would pick the creme de la creme for my biggest show of the year and do it that
1: way also it allows you to cycle people in and out mm. like you don't if you had that six man uh, match you had at, at fast lane that actually could have been eight months worth of story but cycling people in and out of those few so you just have these one-on-one matches yeah. but you don't need Baron Corbin on TV every week you don't need Dolph Signal on TV every week you just cycle these people in and out and that also makes for a much more refreshing product because you're not seeing the same faces each and mm. every week totally agree
2: So we're going to try and keep this brief. You got any plans for the weekend? Um, well, I guess that this is going up on Monday. Oh so God! Yeah. So, so, okay. Well,
1: what did you do over the weekend?
2: I what did I do? Easter stuff. Hopefully, just played my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh, I didn't tell you what I got from my lady partner. You did not tell me what you got. So uh, I got. We're going to see the Grand Budapest Hotel in a. Local museum screening to us Which comes with Accompanying bites
1: Wow Yeah
2: so it, like Food curated to the the film But then in May Me and my lady partner Are going on a wood making course Whoa! We're gonna make a bowl That's cool and Out of good. wood yeah. Nice uh, So splinters galore How about you? Well I
1: am um, This is going up on the Monday So uh, I won't be spoiling anything here mm. But I am oh, yeah. I am surprising The wife this weekend uh so she thinks she well okay so we're recording this on a thursday podcast listeners she thinks this weekend this saturday we are driving to my parents house because they've invited us round, and we're staying there overnight That is not what we're doing. We are actually driving past the motorway exit for my parents' house because we are heading all the way down the M4 to Pembrokeshire in Wales because I have booked us a B&B that we're going to stay at. And then the following day, we're going to a cracking owl sanctuary and she's going to get to play around with owls for a bit. And what are you going to ask?
2: Who? 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 Nice. Um,
1: So, yeah, so she has no ideas. I'm, I'm only going to tell her as we're sort of passing the junction that we would need to usually get off.
2: As she gets angry with you for not taking that turn in.
1: Well, oh, no, she's not in charge of any sort of, any of that sort of thing. Because usually it's like, oh, it was that last left. Mm. That's that's
2: usually what we get when we do uh, directions. Sure. That's
1: why we got the blessing of the sat-nav in the It's car. a
2: godsend. Well, uh, I I hope you I hope it all goes well. we'll I'm sure, flying down yeah. on Wednesday. I'm sure it
1: should go fine. I don't think there's anything that can go terribly tits up. Owls could attack you. Oh, owls could attack me. But I'm I'm actually not messing around with the owls. I'm actually just in the spectators
2: um bit. Hey, owls could be they they're smart. They could get in. They They could could turn their heads all the way around. Yeah, that could be the start of the (laughs) Alpocalypse. And they all start to rise up Alfred Hitchcock style.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, well, I'll tell you on Wednesday if that does happen. But until then, I love you. Bye.